Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Coyote sightings along the Cambridge-Arlington line have residents there on edge. This woman was chased by this coyote here in Cambridge on Friday night. She said it was absolutely terrifying. She tried to scare the coyote off with loud noises, but that didn't work. Uh, today, the police will kill three people. And tomorrow, the police will kill three people. Dr. Fauci, give us vaccines. Help all the people who have been quarantined. Somebody needs to take that guy into custody. Or his parents into custody. He may be autistic. For a, what? <laughs> yeah, but I think the parents need to be put into custody. I don't know what's I don't care what's happening. <laughs> this this can never happen. <laughs> Dr. Fauci, give us vaccines, help all the people who have been quarantined, we'll wear our masks and we'll have to stay distant. You sick bastard, I cannot believe that this is happening. (laughs) We'll wash our hands and we'll be more resistant, Fauci, yes, promise us please. We'll have a cure that can fight off this disease. Restrictions will lift with some ease. Dr. Fauci, don't forget me. Don't clap. Don't clap. We've all just witnessed a crime. <laughs> what this what has just happened here. That is nothing to cra- clap about. Uh, this is if you're getting the vaccine at the Dome Arena in Henrietta, in New York, near Rochester. You'll likely receive a sticker made by Zachary Mogavero of Geneseo. Zachary's on the autism spectrum and has long turned heads for his amazing talents. And on Thursday, he What delivered- are they doing to this poor kid? <laughs> on Thursday... Oh, he- Alice, Alice, this is a crime against humanity. Never, you must never mention this. Zachary and this, this, 
person and the, what these people are doing him to him. It's an embarrassment it, uh, that the parents are doing this. Alice, we're putting it away. Where as imagine uh, Kiev, the the Russian nuclear power plant. We're gonna fill it in with concrete. We're gonna cover it up. We're gonna put a big Chernobyl. Structure. You mean? Yes, it's in Kiev, but we're gonna put a put a a, um, a structure over it, and we're gonna fill that with concrete, <laughs> and we're gonna file this away and pretend this never happened. Okay, mm-hmm. never happened. Both of us, Alice, and, and most people have dark places where they've filed <laughs> awful things away. We're filing this away. It's down there now. We'll never speak of this again. What just happened? I apologize to everybody listening that that happened and you heard that in those people and that crime. All right. Speaking of Dr. Fauci, though, Alice, uh, updates. This CDC is so good and so smart Mm -hmm. and has been so right that now we're about to have Dr. Fauci and the health experts are mm-hmm. about to make their decision on masks. Mm-hmm. Now, They're thinking you, about it. Yes. I wish it could be in the next 10 minutes because tonight I've got softball and I'll be wearing a mask outside in a windy park. Mm-hmm. But you should also know, guidance for... So so the, the, we're getting word now mm-hmm. uh, that, that the CDC, mm-hmm. the very best of the best, are going to relax the mask... Mandate. Particularly for outdoors where there's like no evidence that it does right. absolutely anything. Right. Particularly for outdoors. Mm-hmm. And um, you've got a theory on this? I have a theory. So Andy commented in our YouTube comments and said something like, you know, is Biden actually going to do what he said he was going to do? He said we had to wear masks for 100 days. Is this is he going to do is he actually going to let us stop wearing masks in 100 days? And the answer is, first of all, no, masks are never going away ever. But a light went off in my head and I realized this is why they're holding back on issuing the new guidance, even though they're not going to learn any new safety information in the next couple days. They know what they know. This is why they keep hinting that they're going to lift the outdoor mask mandates. But because they want Biden to announce in his super special 100 day speech that he has now declared victory, he is defeating coronavirus and he will now generously allow us to not wear masks for because uh, he's completed his first hundred days. Our dear leader will allow us the freedom to outside not wear masks. So that is my theory. Thank you, Andy, for giving me that idea. And I bet you anything that it is a they're going to make the outdoor mask thing a hundred day thing, because as we know, Biden is not political at all. And never chooses the dates when he does things by uh, any kind of like right. political advantage. He does it purely based on science right. and the information that he has and the facts and not on any kind of political benefit that it would gain him. Your uh, lights are off, by the way. Oh, thank Your you. Himalaya salt so, rock lights. <laughs> so you would know, and uh, right, because that would be cynical and that would be also tampering with people's lives unnecessarily. So... Yesterday, the uh, White House medical advisor, Dr. Fauci, said Mm -hmm. during an interview in ABC's This Week that it was, quote, common sense the outdoor COVID-19 transmission rate is, quote, minuscule. Yeah. I think it's pretty common sense now that outdoor risk is really, really quite low, he said. Uh, Particularly, I mean, if you are a vaccinated person wearing a mask outdoors, I mean, obviously, the risk is minuscule. Obviously. Obviously. Oh, I don't know, because some, uh, you know, dwarf has been telling me that I have to consider it, consider the safety, and I can't do certain things. 
Okay, Dr. Fauci. It's, it's obviously minuscule. That's fine. But the CDC guidance just yesterday or just uh, Saturday came out for operating youth in summer camps during COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Key points. This guidance, uh, consistent and layered use of multiple prevention strategies can help camps open safely. This guidance describes physical distancing recommendations for day camps that align with current evidence. At least three feet of distance in the same cohort, except when eating or drinking. Okay. Fine. Uh, additional guidance is overnight. It's all provided. This also says somewhere in here says that uh, masks. Are- yeah. Our Cub Scout uh, places, like the places where you go to camp, are requiring. Supposedly, I haven't looked into what this regulation actually means, if they're serious about this, because this can't be serious. But on their website, it says that the regulations are one person per tent. So- <laughs> oh, great. Nothing like says togetherness, like solitary confinement in the tent. Well fitted masks, the, yes, are mandated. And so- the Cub Scout group has masks mandated for all activities, even outside, or you're no longer covered by their insurance, li- their liability. Fully vaccinated insurance. people, this is the Cubs, the, the, mm-hmm. the ma- thing. Fully vaccinated people should continue to take preventative steps, uh-huh. including wearing masks when working or volunteering in youth settings. For this reason, even after camp employees are vaccinated, camps need to continue prevention measures for the foreseeable future. For the foreseeable future! Forever! Forever! <laughs> so open-ended, yep. The, uh, including requiring masks and physical distancing. Foreseeable future. F*** you, Fauci. Go f*** yourself. I cannot believe... Screw these people, these barbarians. What sick, twisted people. Go away. Go away. You're not needed anymore. You're incompetent morons. God, what a bunch of complete freaking jerks. Well, and even when they do lift it, our state isn't going to, oh, no, you're not going to right away go straight to not wearing masks outside, even once the CDC rules. No, we're going to continue with the hysterical anti-science paranoia that's based in thinking that viruses are some kind of like radiation that travels through the air outside over hundreds of yards. Something like a few hundred kids have died from COVID-19 throughout the country, Mm -hmm. through this whole thing. Many more die of the flu every year. Right. So what are we doing here? The joke is over. It's over. It's done. We're done. Well, but obviously that's the point is that now we're going to do all this for the flu too. Now the kids' schools are going to shut down for the flu. Now they're going to make the kids all wear masks in school if some kids get the flu. That's, I mean... Because now we've set the standard to this. So this is when they say foreseeable future, I take them at their word that they mean it. Yeah. Well, no, we're not doing that. We're not doing it, Alice. We're over. We're opting out. We're opting out. And we're going to bury this whole episode. But I mean, my question is like, what do you do about the places where you have to wear it? Like you're still wearing it at softball, even though you're fully vaccinated and you wouldn't wear it anywhere else because you're the assistant coach. I'm still wearing it with the Cub Scouts, even though I think it's ridiculous and dumb and i can't give anyone oh, covid God, I forgot that we so finish my training <laughs> um but they you know there continue to be these situations where you have to wear a mask if you want to like you know because i don't want to throw a bomb into the middle of the cub scouts when i'm the den leader of the den and like and right. it's and required why, by the know, Cub Scout how, Council and everything else. And like, this is how this pernicious bullying and manipulation works. Right. It puts you in that position. Mm-hmm. It puts you in the position so that even if somebody, and they use, you know, they use um, so, social protocols to make it tough. So if there are parents 
who are angry about this, mm -hmm. they're not going to stick their finger in your face and say, hey, Alice, whatever, because they like you because you're nice. So right. the bullies have a nice buffer layer between them and parents who are like, why are you doing this to my kid? Mm -hmm. And that buffer layer is you. Right. In or case, in, it, at your softball, it's you. Exactly. Or it's wherever else. And so, like, I mean, yes. I know a lot of people who aren't into masks who've just withdrawn we just their- following orders. Who've just withdrawn their kids from all activities because they don't want to have- But it creates a tiered society, mm -hmm. you know, where you have people that aren't allowed to participate in things because they don't want to cause a scene. Or, I mean, we actually know people that have- tried to cause i mean they weren't trying to cause a scene but they did cause a scene because they got a note from their parents to let their kids play flag football outside or not even flag football play soccer outside they got a note from the kids doctor explaining why the kids could not wear masks and the town said no the town said it's too scary for the other parents and the other kids that your kids are out there on the field Breathing. It went to the town board of health, and the board of health oh, had God. meetings about it, and ultimately the same decided. Who a year ago told us that we could um, run along the trail or walk along the trail. Both were allowed. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. they thought it through. They also wouldn't let us use the outdoor playground outside, even after the state no. allowed it, because they just was, weren't sure if it was taped, safe. Yes, that was taped off because the CDC found that that was completely and totally safe. Mm hmm. What a, what a joke. But so anyway, so there's that. But can we, are, are yeah. we done? We're done with our mask rant of are the day. Are we done with that piece, as I say? Oh, I'm going to start saying peace. First of all, happy uh, eighth birthday to our oldest boy. Mm -hmm. Good presents. Although the archery set is asking for trouble. That's fine. We'll discover that the hard way. But you know what it could be used for, Alice? Rats? No. Self-defense against coyotes. True. Coyotes oh, true. are on Good the prowl. Point. They're certainly in our town, in the Newberry-ish uh, area of Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. But they're downtown. I've actually I saw one in the Seaport District when yeah. I worked down there a few years ago. But I've they seen are them driving in, home at night here too. They yeah. are in um, Cambridge, Massachusetts now, home of Harvard, Alice, mm -hmm. home you, of my church. <laughs> this is the home. Of, this is a very densely populated area. Mm -hmm. These people, I would say, are not mostly survivalists, or out, <laughs> as John Kerry would say, outdoors persons, when they describe <laughs> themselves. <laughs> Speaking of John Kerry, we'll get to him in no, a moment. No, most people in Cambridge are not outdoors persons. No. <laughs> Up here, we expect it. Yes. But. So, okay. So, here's the news wrap from NBC Boston. Coyote sightings along the Cambridge-Arlington line have residents there on edge. NBC10's Catherine... I like the idea of the residents in Cambridge being <laughs> on edge. Shelter in place. You know, hunkered down, worrying. Get in here quick, John. Get in here quick. Shut the door behind you. Push the bureau up against the door. I can hear something snapping in the bushes somewhere. And Sotnik joins us live near Elwife Station in Cambridge. And uh, Kat, you spoke to a woman who was... You know what an alewife is? Is it a fish? Yes. Okay. I thought I knew that. I think there was an informational like mural on the wall in alewife. No, it's not on the wall in Alewife. It is on the locks in Charlestown. Well, maybe it's in both. Because... How do you know it's a fish? Because I think I've read it Alice? on the informational thing. How do we know an Alewife is a fish? I don't know. How do we know? How do you know if something's a fish? If it swims. Correct. <laughs> if it swims, it's a fish. That is another nugget of truth from me. Uh, gratis. 
<laughs> chased by the coyote? This woman was chased by this coyote here in Cambridge. Now, everybody calm down for a second. A woman does not get chased by a coyote. A woman gets caught by a coyote. A coyote doesn't just throw it into fifth gear and say, you know, I'm gaining on her slowly. No, a, coy a sprinting coyote is... It's, been, it's go time within four seconds. There's no mm -hmm. chase. All right, I can make it over the glen here. I'll be fine and uh, jump over the brook. No, no, no. I'm sure the coyote was... It followed her, probably. Sure, was pursuing or following, seeing what was up with her. On Friday night, she said it was absolutely terrifying. She tried to scare the coyote off with loud noises. But that loud noise theory is <laughs> the local animal control version of Fauci social distancing and masks. It's bureauc bureaucratic <laughs> BS that, it, out of an abundance of caution, eh, could work. Yeah. You know, bang pots and pans. Look can, big and make loud noises. Yeah, grab the biggest branch and approach the Kodiak bear. <laughs> so, yeah, it could work if the coyote decide, like, if he smells a, a uh, somebody's apple pie, you know, 10 feet to the left or or something else, to, or, or it reminds him of a sad time in his life and he's repelled. It could, you know. Mostly, you're all. You can also. They also tell you that you're supposed to punch a shark in the nose. <laughs> Might as well, you know. Could work. But that didn't work. And I turn around and there's a coyote. Deanna Lydon describes a harrowing experience: a threatening coyote chasing after her around 10 p.m. Friday night in Cambridge as she. More adjectives. More adjectives. <laughs> harrowing. He walked her 60-pound pit bull Ellie. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> Wait a second here. Why is she worried about a BB gun when she's got a howitzer with her? Do you want to end the coyote? Do you want to end the harrowing experience right now? Yeah, just unleash yes. Ellie. Yes. Uh, why don't we just unclip uh, Hydro's uh, collar? He's not Ellie. <laughs> it's Ellie. That is, all, that is, a, that is a, a, such a constant truth, too, that women always name their pit bulls, really cute, sweet girl names. Bella is a really cool Bella, one. Ellie, you know, princess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, Ellie <laughs> could have dismembered that coyote in seconds if she felt, but she's running away. Ellie's like, why are you pulling me away? I can just go rub that thing out <laughs> and be back here in four seconds if you want me to. You start doing the things that you're supposed to do and start yelling. Um... The things that you're supposed to do. <laughs> they tell me things. They told me the things that I should do. I, I showed him my mask. I social distance. I yelled. I made clank, clank noises. Those are the things I'm supposed to do. The people who know a lot more than me in big buildings that I'm not allowed in, they told me that. So that's got to be the truth. No further investigation needed. That's why at 3.26 a.m. in an abandoned road, I'll stay at a red light and just wait. Even though there's nothing within thousands of miles of me, nothing could possibly go because the man in the building tells me to do, so I'll wait. Hopefully there's a figurehead here who can uh, fill in a father figure role for me and tell me how good I am. The Fauci of uh, traffic lights. And it just kept advancing. About an hour before. It didn't just kept advancing. <laughs> Or another woman had a similar encounter. That time, the coyote was chasing a small bunny. <laughs> Wait a second. Unless she was holding the small bunny, then that, the coyote has run afoul of nobody if it's chasing a small bunny. Yeah, he's She's just, just doing what coyotes do. Was the bunny do. running alongside of her, and the coyote was like, <laughs> I'm just going for that. No, this is not personal to you. It's, it's a, oh, my God. 
That's not a how uh, how much do we want to be victims? I was attacked by a coyote who was attacking a bunny and didn't notice me, but it was a close to proximity attack. So I also was attacked. This is the David Hogg uh, <laughs> theory of being attacked. The coyote was attacking a bunny. She saw a bunny attack. That's what she saw. Mm-hmm. She wasn't attacked. <laughs> Imagine if we did that when the hawk ate the rabbit in our yard. If you had like, gone to local news and told them, it flew right by me. I was terrified. I, I was attacked. He was approaching us. He right. was chasing us. Both women were on a trail near the Alewife tea stop. So I started running. <laughs> like, I tripped and I fell, and so it went away. But Deanna says a coyote came back. I said, I'll just... It's not I tripped and I fell, and so it went away. There's no cause and effect. <laughs> you tripped and you fell, and out of happenstance... <laughs> Because it wasn't chasing you to kill you, it went away to do something else. Maybe it saw a bunny where it also didn't attack somebody else. I tripped and I fell, so it went away. Yeah, that's what would do it. <laughs> oh, you know what? This wouldn't be fair anymore. You're on the ground. You know what? Let me just take a walk over here for a little bit, get a hot dog, and you know, we'll re- meet back here. Just walk home through Russell Field. It's all lit. It's very safe. Um, and then the coyote saw us from a good distance away and started sprinting at us. So then I started running again. Dave Waddles from the... You know, thank God she's got those afterburners. Because <laughs> a sprinting coyote, you know, a sprinting coyote probably goes 46 miles per hour. And a sprinting Catherine, or whatever her name is, <laughs> goes about five. Mass Division of Fisheries and Wildlife says both encounters are probably the same animal or from the same family. I like this. This Dave Waddle's got to be like, oh my God, four times a year, I got to pretend I take my job seriously. And okay, here we go. When the woman and the dog ran away, that can stimulate the natural instinctive chase instinct that an animal like a coyote has. He says a coyote was likely protecting its babies. We do get reports. What? <laughs> sure, might as well. You know, or his biorhythms were off, or, you know, he's not over the uh, JFK assassination, or he can't believe that. Um, the guy didn't win the Oscar last night, and Anthony Hopkins won it instead. Who's the guy? Travis Bozeman? Chadwick Bozeman. Chadwick Bozeman? Chad- That's think, right. Sports yeah. of aggression from coyotes towards larger dogs. And it's typically when the, the larger dog uh, is in- Typically when the larger dog is in the distance, like this one was before the coyote, quote, sprinted at him. In the vicinity of the coyote den. Deanna says she eventually pried her way through the Alewife T-Stop right. gate to get to safety. Like Environmental officials say it's not abnormal for coyotes to... I also have a question about that. <laughs> pried her way through the gate to get to safety? Yeah. This is this woman had quite an adventure. <laughs> she had to so, break so into Alewife. So much adre- adrenaline did she have? The coyote was closing on her as she... Is prying your way into the gate anything like using your Charlie card to have the gate open? Be in urban areas. They recommend trying to scare them off with yelling and screaming. And if that doesn't work? This happened. They're like, only this would happen to you. And I'm like, I know. Like, this is just crazy. I, I live in Cambridge. I shouldn't be running from coyotes in Cambridge. Um, the, I hope I didn't cut it off. But the last piece of advice said, if you can't. Fi- oh, it was her doing the stand up afterwards. If you can't. Um, mm-hmm. if you can't avoid it, then fight it off with a stick. <laughs> but there you go. A horrific coyote attack. It was running full blast. She managed to avoid it. Who knew? That is a prolific runner right there. Mm-hmm.
And thank God Ellie was not uh, unleashed because we wouldn't want the story to be a... The coyote problem is over. <laughs> all rabbits are safe for the time being. We can all get out of the house. But what was the verbiage they used? Oh, on edge. The yeah, the community's on edge after a series of coyote attacks. <sighs> <sighs> Some various Gen Saki stuff is happening out there, uh, including... There's breaking news, not breaking news, I guess it's might as well be. There are some tapes that have been released in which a, a an Iranian, uh, the foreign minister, I guess, kvetches in moans about one being iced out of a lot of the uh, Iran nuclear talks, but also says that John Kerry it told him that the IDF, Israeli Defense Forces, had waxed about 200 different Iranians in Syria um, in hit, hit missions. Mm-hmm. So this is a problem because we don't know when Kerry told him this, why Kerry told him this. We don't know if Kerry said this as a civilian mm-hmm. or what capacity he told this guy this. Right. Um, so this is this could be a huge problem for the administration. Um, I have one question about foreign policy and then another about uh, COVID here. Um, so the first one is... In tapes obtained by the New York Times, Iran's foreign minister says that former Secretary of State John Kerry informed him that Israel attacked Iranian interests at least 200 times. Um, you know, as the secretary has shifted roles, uh, he still continues to represent the United States on a world stage. Does the president have any comment or reaction to Kerry telling the Iranians um, about covert military action on the part of Israel? We're not going to comment on leaked tapes. Okay. Uh, okay. What do you mean? Okay. What do you mean? Okay. No, 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 no. No, we're commenting. You don't have to talk about tapes, mm-hmm. audio quality, the uh, you know, the acoustics that you've captured, or the ability to uh, rewind and pause. You don't have to talk yeah. about tapes, but you have to talk about the Iranian foreign minister <laughs> saying that the an American uh, of some note told him that. There was that the uh, IDF is picking Iranians off. That's a big thing. Yeah, I mean, sometimes news is made by leaked tapes. Well, of course, <laughs> but this is like this is. There are all sorts of different mediums where information is gleaned from, right? Including sometimes tapes. So now the information is out there. You don't have to worry about that. You don't have to talk about the tapes. That's fine. The information is out there. Mm-hmm. So now we need some information from you. What is your donkey climate czar (laughs) what is his explanation for this Mm -hmm. when did this happen this seems like if i were the israelis that i'd be um i'd take umbrage to this and i believe the israelis are still considered our allies even though biden is in the white house now yeah i don't know if that's true (laughs) if they are considered we'll see who knows we're running we're trying to embrace the iranian regime for some for some freaking reason but uh but so transparent, by the way. So mm-hmm. transparent by Saki there. Oh, yeah. Uh, the other thing, she was asked about Kamala Harris, who we played some of the sound yesterday, who has no answers about the border. Her answer to fix the border crisis situation in in Texas is to build better farms in Guatemala. So that's what we're doing to help the kids in Texas right mm-hmm. now. Our entire federal government now is refocused on creating a better northern triangle. So right. that's our new the prime directive of the federal government is to improve life for people living in Guatemala and Honduras. We are nation so. building now mm-hmm. in order to prevent uh, people from coming to the United States. The nation building will, of course, include 
giving money to uh, local municipalities, uh, which is also a way of saying giving money to drug dealers, mm-hmm. who will be encouraged to keep sending people over if the pipeline of money keeps going down there. This is a good time. Let me tell you this. If my son were 18 right now, I would say go down to Mexico, get in the cartel business. This is the time to do it. So, uh, so no. So, they are, the people on the border, the kids on the border, uh, stacked up four higher, not getting any help. But they are getting books. About those facilities, there was a report in the last couple of days in the New York Post that every migrant child being brought to a shelter is being given a copy of her children's book, Superheroes Are Everywhere. Kamala Harris's children's book, that is. Yes. Do you know why that is and if she is making any money off of that? Of the president, of the vice the president? president's book, yeah. I'd have to check with our uh, health and human... Yeah, we don't comment on uh, news stories that come out of print <laughs> newspapers. Sorry. Anything else? And services team, if uh, they're talking about if they go to shelters or if they go to... Yeah, and the welcome kit, apparently, there's a copy of her 2019 children's book, Superheroes Are Everywhere. I'd have to certainly check on that. Okay. Here, it's a good book. And then... <laughs> Coincidentally, a How good glib, book. How glib, huh? How glib. Sorry, a bit of audio blip there. The dog pulled out, pulled out all of our audio earlier. But no, no, Jen Psaki has made it known. We've, they've made it very much known how this relationship works in the press room. As I promised yesterday, I promised snacks. Um, I did not bring them in here, but my mother-in-law made homemade chocolate chip cookies for you guys. So um, there's one for each of you in here. We will do it in a COVID-safe way. Um, but thanks, everyone, and have a great weekend. Wow. Says a grown adult. Thank you. COVID-safe. Co- wow. Awesome. I was going to ask her about something about kids cage. can't remember what that was. That cookie's awesome. Thanks, Jen. She's so nice. Uh, once again, just to refresh you on the immigration plan to save the kids on the border or in the cages. Let me ask about immigration. Of course. President Biden tasked you with leading diplomatic efforts to work with Mexico and the Northern Triangle countries uh, to address the root causes of migration. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you define... Yeah, uh yeah, I can already know where the question is. I can already finish the question for you. I'm so looking forward to answering this question about the border. I'm so looking forward to it. Let's talk about the border right now. Success in this role. It's a great question. Well, let's first talk about what it is. Um, You know, I come at this issue from the perspective that most people don't want to leave home. They don't want to leave their grandparents. They don't want to leave the place where they grew up, where the, you know, they speak the language, where they know the culture, um, the place where they're from, the place that is home. Most people don't want to leave home. And when they do, it's usually for one of two reasons. They're fleeing some harm or they cannot stay and satisfy the basic necessities of life, such as feeding their children and having a roof over their head. Or it's just really awesome in the United States of America, but she is not interested in talking about that. Her solution for the border crisis is to fix the other countries, so much so that that coming to the U.S. is a step down, which should be easy enough and inexpensive, I think. All right, the Oscars were last evening. The, um, The ratings were not great. For the Oscars last evening, because everyone was listening to Burn Barrel, and wow, Alice, you're really um, becoming um, what's that called when you become um, no, uh, is it hubris? Hubristic? <laughs> Hubristic. There you mm-hmm. go. Um, they weren't listening to the Burn Barrel. Mm-hmm. 
I don't think you either listen to the Burn Barrel or the Oscars. I don't think that <laughs> I don't think Burn Barrel people generally watch it unless they want to be entertained. But a guy named Trayvon Fee, who I don't know who that is, um, <laughs> but anyway, Trayvon Fee got up there and uh, and of course gave the speech that you would expect everybody to give in 2021. Uh, today, the police will kill three people, and tomorrow the police will kill three people. And the day after that, the police will kill three people because on average, the police in America every day kill three people, which amounts to about a thousand people a year. And those people happen to disproportionately be black people. And, you know, James Baldwin once said, the most despicable thing a person can be is indifferent. Horse bleep premise, obviously. Cheeking the James Baldwin us all day long if he wants to. It's a horse mm -hmm. bleep, bleep premise. Around a thousand people are killed a year mm -hmm. at the hands of the police. Many of Less them than are one armed. One third of them are black people. Mm -hmm. So yes, the police will kill three people. <laughs> absolutely, but yes, many of them are armed, trying to kill police or each other or somebody else right? or whatever. In 2019, yeah. there were 7,500 black people murdered in this country. I did uh, math, Alice, and you tell me if this is right. 7,500 divided by 365. That's how you do this, right? Mm -hmm. Is 20. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I would say that that's a problem. Yeah. That 20 black, all black people are killed per day in this country. Mm -hmm. And that's not even including, I'm going to get yelled at by you for dragging this into the conversation, but abortion is the leading cause of death for black people in America. Okay. But that's a different animal. Okay. Bye. To other people's pain. And so I just ask that you please not be indifferent. Please. Don't be indifferent to our pain. Well, if your pain is built on a misconception mm -hmm. or a faulty premise, then maybe if you took the time to learn the facts, the real facts, maybe the pain would be diminished a lot. Right. You would think so. That if you're in pain about something that's not true, that disabusing you of the untruth would help with the suffering that you're going through because you think something's happening that's not. <sighs> oh, no. Okay, good. <laughs> so, and then Tyler Perry got up there and I don't know what, 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 how, um, he was accepted, uh, from this. Two more hogs got the fever. Tyler Perry has not got the fever. No. He actually got up there and said something quite inspiring and fantastic mm -hmm. and useful and productive. You know, when I set out to help someone, uh, it is my intention to do just that. I'm not trying to do anything other than meet somebody at their humanity. Like, uh, case in point, this one time, I remember I was, maybe it was about 17 years ago, I rented this building and we were using it for production. And I was walking to my car one day and I see this woman coming up out of the corner of my eye and I say, mm, she's homeless, let me give her some money. Judgment. I wish I had time to talk about judgment. Anyway, I reach in my pocket and I'm about to give her the money. She says, excuse me, sir, do you have any shoes? It stopped me cold because I remember 
being homeless and having one pair of shoes and they were bent over at the heels. So I was like, yeah. So I took her into, into the studio. She was hesitant to go in, but we went in. We go to wardrobe and there are all these boxes and everything around the walls and fabrics and cracks of clothes. So we ended up having to stand in the middle of the floor. So as we're standing there, we, I, wardrobe, we find some shoes. We help her put them on. I stand up. I'm waiting for her to look up. And all this time she's looking down. She finally looks up. She's got tears in her eyes. She said, thank you, Jesus. My feet are off the ground. In that moment, I, I just I, I recall her saying to me, I thought you would hate me for asking. I'm like, how can I hate you when I used to be you? How can I hate you when I had a mother who grew up in a Jim Crow South in Louisiana, a rural Louisiana, right across the border from Mississippi, who at nine or ten years old was grieving the death of Emmett Till. As she got a little bit older, she was grieving the death of the civil rights boys and the, the little girls who were in the bombing in Alabama. She grieved all this all these years. And I remember being a little boy and coming home and she was at home like, what are you doing at home? You're supposed to be at work. She was in tears that day. She said there was a bomb threat and she couldn't believe that someone wanted to blow up this place where she worked where she took care of all these toddlers it was the jewish community center my mother taught me to refuse hate she taught me to refuse blanket judgment and in this time and with uh, all of the internet and social media and algorithms and everything that wants us to think a certain way the 24-hour news cycle it is my hope that all of us would teach our kids and not only to remember just refuse hate don't hate anybody i i refuse to hate someone because they are mexican or because they are black or white or LBGTQ. I refuse to hate someone because they are a police officer. I refuse to hate someone because they are Asian. I would hope that we would refuse hate. And I want to take this Gene Herschel Humanitarian Award and dedicate it to anyone who wants to stand in the middle no matter what's around the wall, stand in the middle, because that's where healing happens. That's where conversation happens. That's where change happens. It happens in the middle. So anyone who wants to meet me in the middle to refuse hate, to refuse blanket judgment, and to help lift someone's feet off the ground, this one is for you too. God bless you, and thank you, Academy. I appreciate it. Thank you. Baby, why don't you just meet me in the Yeah, I can't middle. believe they didn't cut him off so <laughs> the second he said police officer. It's really incredible he got out that whole message. It's amazing. But yes, more of that, please. That would be great. Uh, less of what um, the public schools are doing in New York. Uh, I believe this is New York. Let me double check where I am. Um, this is about... Uh, the ethnic studies consultants uh, in particular in New York and how they're going to all these different schools and corporations and everything in New York. Anyway, this whole, there's this whole article about it, but uh, it includes this quote, which floored me. Uh, the racial literacy curriculum begins in kindergarten with five and six year olds using Pantone color charts to match their skin tone. So they might start to see themselves in one another by skin color, recognizing <laughs> and categorizing color is a foundational skill for the early grades and will be used as a platform for upcoming lessons that discuss skin color. So, so they're getting out the Pantone color book and <laughs> making all the kids hold up a Pantone chart. Uh, that's um a little wild. So, Great. Thankfully, a little more focus on color, I think, is exactly what we all need. I think that would be helpful. You should also, maybe separate bathrooms might be a good idea. That way you can, uh, you know, specify Mm -hmm. uh, what color belongs where and what color doesn't belong where. What spaces 
Right. You know, are are safest mm-hmm. for right. whatever Colleges color. are opening up dorms that are just for one color. Uh, all of that. Um, and actually, there's an article in Politico today that has big concerns about um, disparities in our school system based on kids that are white and black. You'll be interested to hear this. It's um, This is from Politico today. President Joe Biden is on the verge of meeting his 100-day pledge to press the majority of American schools into reopening for five days of weekly in-person instruction. But there's a problem. What do you think the problem is, honey? Uh, is there inequities? There's inequities. Most of the kids returning to classes are white. Oh, no. Minority students uh, are most likely to be ones. missing out on in-person learning, despite assurances of classroom safety from the CDC and outreach by local and state school districts. It's a key challenge facing Biden as he moves beyond his first months in office and one his administration insists it is prepared to tackle. Why do we think most of the kids going back to school are white? I don't know. Because of their privilege? No, I would say because um, the bluer districts tend to have more minorities, these big, you know, majority minority urban districts. And the blue districts have been told for months and months and months that going to school is absolutely not safe. It's terribly dangerous. And they're all in the grips of these teachers unions that run everything. Who are the political allies of whom? Democrats. Okay. Um, and the districts that are, you know, whiter, more rural, where there are more white kids, uh, tend to have said, screw you to the CDC and opened up theirs into the teachers unions and everybody else and opened their school districts. So, you know, people are getting the policies that they've chosen by living in the districts where they live. This isn't some big mystery. You know, in fact... In that way, Ron DeSantis should be considered a big equity hero because he forced all the districts in his whole state to open for all the kids of all the colors, all the kids in Miami and all the kids in, you know, right. uh, everywhere. And, and that There's- is, if you want to, we can play the privilege game. You know, some people are lucky enough to have the privilege to not live under the iron fist of corrupt Democrats and their union buddies. Mm-hmm. That's privilege. And sometimes it comes down to life and death. And that is the way of the world, Alice. This has been another Burn Barrel Podcast with Tom Shattuck and Alice Shattuck. Uh, You can find us at burnbarrelpodcast.com as well as a bunch of different social media sites. We're on Twitter at burnbarrelpod, facebook.com slash burnbarrelpodcast. We're on Gab and Parlor at burnbarrelpodcast. You can also check out our YouTube channel. You can comment there. There's video versions of all the episodes. Um, You can like, comment, subscribe, and really subscribe anywhere you like to listen. Look out for the coyotes! Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.